You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to another installment of a Casual Council here on the Flying Casual Podcast. Um, we've got a couple of uh, Jedi Masters here with us this evening. Um, Brent, it's been a while. Uh, we've had we haven't had Casual Council in a couple of months here, taking a little time off, but we haven't seen you in a while either. And I, it just dawned on me that we haven't talked about the Bad Batch with you at all. Um, and I mean, we're now God. 14 episodes in uh, to the series, and we haven't talked about it at all, I think, with you. So eh, let's start with you. And we got Nettie here as well. We're going to get Nettie's thoughts here in a second. I want to hear, Brent, what are you thinking of The Bad Batch? Is it, is it satisfying all your Star Wars needs? Are your kids watching it with you? Um, and, and and do they want to become members of Clone Force 99? How's it going, everybody? It's good to be back here on the, the Casual Council talking to everybody. Um, Let's see, Bad Batch. I've been enjoying it. I'm, uh, I was caught up. I got the last episode in here uh, this morning before we recorded. Um, over and all, I've been, I've really been enjoying the show. It's, good. you know, it's been doing some good Star Wars for me. It's, uh, you know, it helps with that transition out of Order sixty six in the beginning of the Empire. Um, nice to see a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Do have a couple of complaints? Um, mostly, you know, biology related. As a biologist, <laughs> you know, there's a couple of things. You know, we get into the whole. But, you know, let's just talk about Omega. You know, they, yeah. you know, she's obviously one of the special clones because at the very beginning episode, they talk that there's, you know, five of the the unique clones that are left. Yeah. And so that's the four from, you know, the Bad Batch, obviously Boba, who's left. Yep. And then Omega. And then, you know, and everyone forgets that Echo is just a regular clone who's just messed up and now with them. So. Yeah. You know, the four is Crosshair, and then Wrecker, Tech, and Hunter. Yeah. And then they also got Omega over there. So, I mean, there's your, your you know, basically your six of the most pure DNA that you're going to get from Django. Obviously, yep. you know, um, Boba is as what they call the pure genetic replication because, you know, as we'll get into that here in a second, you know, if you think about the reproductive area on, you know, the people or whatever, yeah. Boys have the stick and they got a fun box and yeah. the girls got two fun boxes. Yeah. So, you know, you got the XY and you got the two X's. So when you get to Omega, you can't have pure genetic replication when, you know, you didn't replicate one of the chromosomes. Yeah. That's right, buddy. X, Y, and Z. <laughs> He's like, dad, are we talking about the alphabet here? <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, so, you know, so they start talking about the, that genetic replication, whatever. And it's like, well, she's not totally pure. So yeah. you guys obviously did something there. Obviously, like exactly. you did with, the other four, because you manipulated them somehow to, you know, enhance those traits that yeah. they all have. So, you know, we get into that, but then I, hopefully they're going to resolve that something before the season's up or whatever. Cause it's when, I don't know if it was supposed to be the end because the only, you know, the only thing I ever heard leak was 14 episodes. Yeah. Same. And that's where we're at. Um, so, but other than that, you know, doing good. I just wish, you know, the other, my other only complaint is it's a really big galaxy. Yeah. You know, they probably need to expand it and stop seeing the same three or four people. Yeah. You know, it was cool to see Hera, but at the same time, did they need to see Hera? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just, spoiler alert, they just busted Drager out, who's one of the other clones that we meet in Rebels, yeah. along with Rex. Um, you know, and then I'm assuming that was Visago that we saw in the episode previous. Yeah. I don't know too many of those other guys that have only one horn, um, even it, though he went by a different name. He was so, very similar, yeah. I, I don't know. 
Um, so, you know, it's a big galaxy, but they're making it really, really tiny all of a sudden. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, uh, you know, I'm loving it. It's great. I, I love you. Actually, may just have to start doing a commentary like a scientist's thoughts on Star Wars, and I'm sure other people have done something like that. But it's got to be difficult uh, being a biologist and 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 trying to enjoy the sci-fi, but you still have the nitpickiness of understanding the science and guys that just doesn't make any sense. Like it's just not a genetic replication. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's something that's going on. I mean, you know, it, because of the way she was also replicated, it does explain, you know, some of the differences that you see, because, you know, if you're not duplicating that other, you know, that Y chromosome, then the expression of some of these genes is going to come off to her. You know, obviously she's female, yeah. but you're going to get some of those other looks where you know, sure she looks kind of like Palpatine, but she's, maybe she's just drawn that way. Kind of like Jessica Rabbit. She's not bad. She's just drawn that way. Um, so, you know, it's all Disney, so, you know, they can play that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that, you know, biology, you know, it's not totally off. It's just the way they explain it or whatever, and, you know, hopefully yeah. something will come back and it's just, you know, the way they've been talking about things. But then again, also spoiler alert, there's not too many Kaminoans left that might yeah. look like her before too long. That could explain much of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't want to get too much into it. I don't want people to be able to watch the episode. She does have a little sheave yeah. posture though, doesn't she? I mean, I've seen people point that out in the promo material. I'm like, you know what? As much as I just rolled my eyes when the force awakens you know trailer came out and everyone said oh i don't know that lightsaber jab or whatever looks a lot well i guess they didn't show that in the trailer but after the force awakens came out everyone's like it looks like palpatine i'm like come on guys i don't know maybe they just want to look a little clumsy with the laser sword and then she ends up being a direct descendant of palpatine it's like okay so are we? Are, are they showing their hand that much? I guess maybe, maybe, maybe mix a little sheave in there with a little bit of Django and and see what happens. I don't know. But also, like, did we not preserve Django's head or something somewhere? You know, in a jar, like a giant mason jar. We didn't just seal him up in some formaldehyde to keep him for later use. I did. No one think of that. I mean, or is, is Boba? You know, no. maybe carrying that around on his ship. Uh, he would have been the one to have it because he walked off with the armor. Seriously. Like, let's see the continuation of that. Did he just, you know, walk onto a ship and his dad just rides shotgun all the time? Like, it's actually kind of <laughs> sad now that I think about it. Shit. I feel a little bad for well, Boba Fett. There were a couple episodes with his arc in The Clone Wars where yeah. he was cruising around with some of the other bounty hunters. I didn't see the Boba head sitting there, but <laughs> or the Django head, but... You could have that in the closet just for, you know, not to freak people out. Yeah, maybe you don't want to, you know, lead off, you know, uh, a partnership okay. with, hey, just want to let you guys know my dad's head is in the back. Uh, that maybe is something that he keeps, you know, in his barracks, a little close to his chest. But, that, yeah, I guess. But it's, hey, who knows? Who knows? But I, I would have thought maybe a priority would have been, hey, we need Django's body at least. Like somebody go back and get it on Geonosis. Um yeah, details, you know, I guess. Um, but, Nettie, are you still enjoying it? Are you, are you caught I mean, here's the thing. I'll be honest. This episode isn't going to be posted for another week or so. So if you want to spoil the head out, hell out of the, the, the most recent episode, so be it. Are you caught up, Nettie? I am caught up, yep. So okay. I've been, I've been enjoying it pretty well so far. I'll say there's a couple episodes in there that, you know, Internet would probably call filler episodes that you know, yeah, yeah, want the greatest things out there, but they won't bad. And for the most part, yeah, I've been I've been enjoying the show a lot more than I expected to. Good. Um, say I, when they announced 
that this was going to be the next like Star Wars show after that Clone Wars arc. I was kind of like, that seems like a weird choice, but they've been doing a, a lot of good with it, I would think. And yeah. I've enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to there. And I think I think it's just leading to a lot of speculation, too, about where some of these characters' arcs are going to go and mm-hmm. what's going to happen. I was on, I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I was on IMDb yesterday because after finishing the 14th episode, I'm like, is this how we're going to end it? Like, it felt like I it. haven't seen anything about a season two or anything. And they said there was a 15th and a 16th. Yeah. So maybe there's two more episodes. I don't know for sure. If not, I can't believe we're not getting a season two because that's, that's a hell of a way to end it if not. Yeah. But I'm interested to see how they wrap things up here. Yeah, I too was a little confused because for a couple of weeks we've been thinking, hey, the finale is coming up. War Mantle is it. And we'll see where we land. But then I think I think it was Dave Collins or whoever does some of the the sound engineering um, said just the other day. He's like, can't wait for you guys to see the next three episodes of the Bad Batch. I'm like, wait, what? Okay. Um, so yeah, I was a little surprised myself. And and I mean, yeah, at this pace, it definitely feels like we're gonna get a season two. But they made a a pretty significant jump this week. I, I, I thought I was a little shocked that it were like, okay, there's this entire other facility. Looks like we're advancing a transition much quicker uh, than I may have anticipated. But, um, you know, it seems like it was, you know, sooner than just seeing a couple clones turning to where they're like, okay, we got to do something a little different. It looks like uh, Rampart's been uh, busy on that uh, sick planet. That we're on, which I don't think, I think it's a new planet. I can't catch, I didn't catch the name. I, I, I totally forget. Um, but the opening of that episode, this latest episode, War Mantle, was awesome. Like, it kind of felt a little like Endor, but you got the light kind of shining through the trees. It was, it was beautiful. But um, you mentioned, Brent, the the connectedness, and, and we, we sometimes talk about, Things can feel a little small, right? You mentioned Ryloth and Hera, and is this necessary? And I, I couldn't agree more a lot of times. Is is that going to be a continued problem for Star Wars? But Are we ever able, are we going to be able to just like distance ourselves from something and it be successful? Or are we always going to need to tie it in? So you're like, hey, remember that? Remember that awesome character from Rebels? Well, just letting you know that uh, once again, Dave Filoni is producing this material and he's going to tie in all of his favorites. Like, it, are we ever going to get away from that? And you might be muted. I, I, I think we will. I think just because of the time frame that we're dealing with, trying to you know fill in the gap between episodes three and four, um, and then building the rebellion and, you know, just because they are all, you know, realistically, they are all key figures in the rebellion. Yeah. Um, so you know, it just seems, you know, really, really all that integrated from that far back. I mean, you sit there and you feel, you know, you got the bad batch getting involved there with, like I said, Hera and Cham and, you know, basically there's Omega teaching Hera the finer points of some of her flight school, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, all she's really done is sit there and watch tech from the passenger seat. So, I mean, that True. was you know, help is really Omega know and stuff like that. So you get that. Um, and then, you know, like I said, Gregor, you know, from this episode, they're, you know, pulling out there and, uh, you know, start getting all the different clones that actually make it and, you know, to get into the other shows there and stuff like that. And it's like, I'm really surprised that Ahsoka hasn't kind of filtered her way through because, you know, yeah. that's the one thing that we really haven't had in this, in the Bad Batch is, it's, you know, really it's Jedi free. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even get that with Mandalorian because we wound up with Baby Yoda. Yeah. Who would, you know, get us out on the course. So I mean, this is really like the first Star Wars thing. I, mean, well, I don't know, maybe Resistance, but I didn't watch it that much. But, I mean, that obviously, that didn't take too well. This one, I think, at least has some better 
uh, reception than that one did. And there's yeah. uh, there's really been no force usage whatsoever. And it's like you know implied or not with what Omega has. Yeah. You know, she hasn't done anything that's obviously force sensitive. She just seems to be, you know, on par with, you know, everything that goes on right there. You know, maybe she you know is receptive, but you know she's not controlling or something like that. Or you know maybe she's just at that you know that level of you know clone manipulation that you know that is what they wanted, which is why they want her so badly. Yeah. And then why they have to try and find Grogu from here on out because. You know, they don't get her back, I'm assuming. Yeah. But then again, yeah, you never know. Um, you know, Palpatine was able to go somewhere at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi and hang out for another 40 years. And That's true. So they, they're doing something somewhat right. But, you know, when you get back to cloning Omega or whatever, and it, you know, it kind of makes me think, you know, kind of get back into the, the whole science of it or whatever. Um, but, you know, you start to get to the fact that they're now they're getting to the point of cloning, you know, cloning the female of the species. And you can think back, I don't know, maybe some of these people aren't quite old enough to remember this. But there's a, you know, it's a great sci-fi movie from back in the early 90s that Spielberg did where they were cloning females, um, Jurassic Park. It uh, didn't go over so well <laughs> when you start cloning the females of the species. I mean, you think about all the top predators, um, like the lions, it's all the females that go on hunt. Yeah. Um, you got, obviously, the dinosaurs and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, you don't really want to mess with the females, and now yeah. you're starting to piss her off. So, you know, it's obviously going to probably go badly <laughs> in the next couple of it does. I. It feels like you know. And 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 guys, if you haven't watched the latest episode of uh, of the Bad Batch War Mantle that we're talking about here, you know, maybe maybe ignore this for a little bit until you do. But I, I, I like what you're saying that maybe it's Hunter getting captured that's gonna awaken that uh, that uh, that Jurassic Park instinct, uh, and she's saying, you know what. I'm coming for you like a damn velociraptor over the fence. I'm going to chew all your heads off. Wow, we didn't we didn't know that Omega could transform into a dinosaur. That was crazy. <laughs> didn't see that one coming, but she's a protective velociraptor. That now that would be a twist, but I'd be there for it. So that you're right, man, cuz she as much as we've seen interactions with her with a, you know, getting close to Wrecker and stuff, she seems closest to Hunter and maybe that will kind of awaken this Whatever the special thing is about her, I mean, it's 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 we've hinted at it. She's kind of a a jack of all trades. It seems possibly, um, but it seems like this could be what prompts her to really shine. I never even thought about that, right? Because he's always saying, "Back in the ship, you're not doing this." Just like you know what, little asshole, you can't tell me what to do because I have to save you now. So try and tell me to go back to the ship one more time, one more time when I'm in Velociraptor form. Uh, and I also like what you mentioned, Brent, about, uh, talking about her and Hera, cause I, I kind of forgot, you know, they, they seem similar in age and, and like you mentioned, she maybe taught her some of the, the, the basics of, of, of her, of her future profession, uh, or skills. Um, is Omega a part of the, could she be the key to the rebellion, you know? I, I don't know. Maybe not as important as Fulcrum. But, like, is that possible? Nettie, could Omega actually have some role in the forming of the Rebellion, uh, you know, later on? I mean, Hera does. She becomes a general. Could, could, could we actually learn, maybe in a novel or something later down the line, that Omega played a key part? I mean, is that possible? Uh, if we can have a baby Yoda, I think anything's possible at this point. Yeah, so. yeah. It'd be interesting to see how they do handle that because I'm trying to remember what's canon now about like the forming of the rebellion. I know we have the stuff with like Bail Organa and yeah, uh, Mon Mothma, all kind of like you know, 
pulling together slowly and then Sagueva kind of splitting off from them to do his own thing. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an interesting thing to think about because I do feel like there was a pretty good gap in there that you could say maybe Omega kind of helped Omega and the Bad Batch kind of helped pull that together. I think it'd be an interesting to, thing to kind of explore to see that she brought them together. Um, so, yes. long story short, I don't know. I think it could be done. It'd have to be you have to be pretty careful about it, but I think it could be done, definitely. Yeah, maybe she's the glue that just holds everything together, you know? I don't know. It'd be crazy. That would change, you know, I, I could see people kind of being annoyed or mad about all that. But like you said, there's there's a lot of story to still be told. Um, and, and you have all these parts, there's these big actors, but we really have never seen them all come together. Like, we've, they've hinted at it, you know, we talk about Saw Gerrera in his past, like you said, and kind of parting ways from from the Alliance, and but, I mean, we've never really seen it. We never really saw what happened. Could we, I mean, does Omega show up in Andor? I, I, I don't, maybe. Maybe he, you know, maybe his town is wiped away, and um, just like in Mandalorian, she shows up, pulls him out of his bunker, and he's like, who are you? She's like, I am the end all be all. And then just like dissipates out of there. I don't know, whatever her skills are. Um, but it would be cool. I feel like we're building her up to be something. It would just kind of, I don't know, for her not to really play a role later on. And, and she's just some kid, you know, that you know isn't part of this bigger plan. That'd kind of be sad. Um, I, I have a little vested interest in her now. Um, but who knows? I, I, this the season is is at a snail's pace right now, so we probably won't know for another two seasons. Um, in my opinion, is that is that a problem for you guys? Like, I, I feel like I just want to get to it. I know they're dragging it out. I know it's what sixteen episodes. Nettie, is it is it going at a decent enough pace for you, or or is it episodes like uh, Infested where you're like, you know what, maybe that one could have been a little earlier on in the season? Yeah, I would say. Say overall, it's been pretty good, but I definitely do feel like I've lost a little bit of the oomph with some of the more recent episodes, and yeah. maybe it's gone on too long. And I can't help but wonder, you know, like The Mandalorian is what eight seasons and oh, eight episodes a season. Yeah. So they do have those filler episodes, but they kind of have to be a little more concise, a little more to the point. I mean, if you go back to the Clone Wars, it's what, seven seasons, most of them being like 20-some episodes. Yeah. There's a lot of filler in there, and yep. I definitely feel like this is kind of going towards more of that route because, you know, it is the animation. Yeah. So I feel like it is kind of slow at times, but at the same time, it's kind of to be expected to me just because of the way they perform it more as the Clone Wars and the Rebel side of things versus what we got recently with the Mandalorian there. Yeah. And we, I mean, we've got a lot of... We've got a lot of live action stuff. We've got Obi Wan Kenobi coming up. We've got these movies that you know. I don't know when they're coming out. I don't know when the you know or if Rangers of the New Republic is a thing anymore. Like it as 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 you know set in stone as these projects seemed several months back. I I feel like it's kind of up in the air. Like are we are we proceeding on that? Like uh, we did see a, a glimpse of Visions. I don't know if we have any. Uh, real anime fans, but I thought that was kind of cool. And let let me get Brent. Let me get your thoughts. Are you an anime guy? I don't know. Are you into anime at all? I I've never really been into anime. I never followed it that much. Um, yeah. But I mean, what I've seen, I really enjoy. And when I saw the clips revisions, I was like, Yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. Does it uh, Does it bother you at all if it's not like 
like if, if this is outside of canon, if they're going to dabble in like some storytelling, does that bother you at all, or does that kind of pique your interest a little no, more? No, they might be a little freer. No, I mean they're a little bit freer, and I mean I'm, I haven't heard whether it is canon or not. I mean I thought, you know, with the exception of all the Lego stuff, I thought everything Disney was doing was technically canon, and yeah, you know, and since they're not telling, you know, because when I first heard it, I thought they were like retelling the Star Wars saga in anime form, which then that in itself would be bitching. You think about one, two, three, and the visuals you could do with, you know, Revenge of the Sith, but in anime. Yeah. I mean, and just how they could take that. I mean, that would be awesome in itself. Um, but then when you, you know, to find out that they're, you know, just stories in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. But, you know, told through these medium and this art form, it's like, you know, yeah, dude, let's do this. And, you know, why should it not be canon? You know? Yeah. Um, because, you know, what they're doing with the four, yeah, the visual representation of what's going to be going on is, is you know, over the top of this anime. Yeah. And it's going to be outlandish. But, you know, the concept of what they're doing with it is there's no reason why it shouldn't be canon. And, you know, it's just the way it's going to be portrayed visually. But, you know, what's going on philosophically is let's, let's bring it on. It's Absolutely. Like, yeah, let's do this. Absolutely. Nettie, what did you think? We can get back into the Bad Batch here in a second because we have some, some other thoughts on it, but what did you think of the Visions teaser? I mean, were you pleased? Are you excited for it? Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely really excited for it. Say, um, I need to watch it again. It's been a while since I watched it, but I'm, I'm not like a huge anime fan. Like I watch some of the big ones, like, you know, the Dragon Ball and yeah. stuff like that as a kid, and then I've watched a few more as an adult but it's not something i definitely need to watch you know more of but i definitely think the coolest thing about it is like how much george took from like the japanese movies yeah. i think it was kurosawa that he took a lot from and even just i think if you read like the bushido like the samurai code to an extent i think you can pull a lot from there into like the jedi code yeah. so just like how much japanese culture and cinema influenced george that now we're kind of doing the opposite and be, like letting the japanese film creators, some of the best in that business be like, yeah. tell your version of Star Wars. I just think that's really freaking cool, and I'm really glad to get to see what they can do with it. It's awesome. It's kind of surprising that it's taken this long because he took so much influence from it, and it, and he never really gave, you know, anyone the opportunity to do that because, you know, it was his baby, and, and but now we have, you know, with Disney's control and their money, they, I mean, they... They can do some really cool things. They've also done some really terrible things, <laughs> obviously. I mean, they're a giant corporation. Like, it is what it is, but uh, it, it's not is what it is. Like, that's a terrible thing to say, too. But there's major changes that need to occur. But it's cool that they're giving creators an opportunity that never would have had they would never would have had this chance if Disney wouldn't have stepped in with their influence and their and their finances and owning this property now. That never would have happened under George's watch. It just never would have. So I think that is one of the coolest things that Disney's done so far is to really get outside their comfort zone. And you've seen a lot of people pissed off by it, which is just hysterical because, Brent, like you said, and Nettie, like – that is the influence like and they are great storytellers and it is a different form of storytelling but like at the heart of what a lot of people enjoy about star wars like this anime and the, and the stories that i i wish i would have re reread the the summaries of what we're going to see because it's some fascinating stuff um just ah oh, just very fantastical and and legendary and 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 the confrontations can be very like 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 brent said over the top but i feel like that is exactly what a lot of people come to star wars for so i think i think they'll end up enjoying it but yeah there's there's a lot of debate like is it going to be part of the canon or is it something else is it 
Um, but some people were upset by it. I don't understand it, but I thought it was cool. Bring a, new, a little new blood into Star Wars. Anyway, side tangent aside. Um, back to the Bad Batch. What's What's been your favorite part of it so far, Brent? I mean, some, some interesting characters come back. Was it Hera? Was it our little blue friend? Like what? 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 It, what? What's been your favorite so far? I think my favorite's just to tie into the first order colonial because I mean that's yeah. where it's all leading to. Because you know, even in Mando, they had the the Kaminoan you know cloning symbols on their uh, on their uniforms. Yeah, and you know, obviously they just walked off. You know, R.I.P. Tanwi, but you know they took, they just walked off with the other one because who needs another businessman in the Empire? That you know, was to keep their signs on and then. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, you know, so you you can kind of see where that's going and, you know, with their need to get, you know, um, you know, to get Omega back because, yeah. they need, you know, they want that code. And, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it, it seems like whatever they did, you know, it, obviously, while it's not the pure genetic replication, it's it doesn't seem like maybe they manipulated something as heavily as they did within the other four. Yeah. To, you know, try and enhance the specific traits like they just here. Let's, you know, let's not worry about this one. Here's. You know, let's just duplicate the X and, you know, what can we do? What happens if we make her a female? And, you know, again, it doesn't seem like she has any of the growth enhancements, like, just like Boba. Yeah. Because it seems like she's a couple of years younger than him, I think. You know, so she's, I think Boba would be like 14 now, and I think she's like around 11. So it, it seems, you know, she was started a little bit afterwards and without any of the growth accelerants as well. And, you know, just kept on the on the down low. Like, you know, Django probably didn't even know about her. Yeah. That and, uh, because she would have been around at the time that Boba and Django were still cruising around Camino. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, just kind of in that story and see how that's going to resolve. And, you know, yeah, it's good. You know, it, it was nice to see Cad Bane and, you know, Fennec Shan and, you know, that brings up some interesting, you know, how's that's going to tie in with, you know, the whole Boba down the road, and, you know, what exactly is the book of Boba Fett? Is, are they going to be out there looking for Omega? Yeah. Hey, and, you know, and then, Boba winds up tying back in because, you know, they're at the same facility that Ezra's at that, you know, now Ahsoka and is out there with Thrawn. And so now Boba and Fennec wind up out there with Thrawn and, you know, so does Bo, Katin and Mando, you know, so you wind up with this massive crossover event, you know, like four seasons and down the road, but, you know, all these characters coming into it and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, since I just brought up Ahsoka in that show or whatever, I was kind of thinking because I was reading, I've been reading a lot of the Star Wars books or catching up on them and, you yeah. know, getting through all the new canon or whatever. It's been, it's been really nice. Um, but I was listening to the one, it's a junior, it's a junior novel. Um, it's called Pirate's Price. Um, and it's basically is Hondo and Naka telling stories of his interactions with Han and Chewie and the Falcon. Because he, you know, as a pirate, he comes into possession of the Falcon and he's trying to sell it out at Batu. Yeah. You know, it all ties in with, uh, with the Gallic Star Wars world at uh, Disneyland and stuff like that. Um, but I was just, you know, just kind of thinking. I remember, you know, you get to the end of Rebels and when they're doing the free Lothal, and, you know, what does Honda say about Ezra? And he's like, for that boy, I would do anything. Yeah. So are we going to get the live action Hondo in the Ahsoka series? What are you guys thinking? <sighs> that would make a lot of sense, I think, right? Like, can you imagine? Okay. Can you imagine if our little posse going out to find Ezra Bridger is Ahsoka, Sabine, I feel like Chopper could even be, you know, running alongside him. And Hondo, that would be hysterical. But you're right. Like, the moments he gets serious, he's like, I would do anything for Ezra. Like, he he genuinely cares about him. So, yeah, like, 
if if he puts behind his his smuggling pirating days and he's like you know what my last bit of effort is going to be to find that boy and bring him home i'd be so down netty what do you think i mean someone i never even think about when i'm thinking the future of star wars is hondo but now i'm like Boy, he could bring a lot of good comedy and and just a lot of good character, even li- live action. What do you think, Eddie? Uh, I'm always down for more Hondo. Say, so I've liked him since he showed up in the Clone Wars, so I'd definitely be down for that. And he's evolved; he's grown, like you know, into his own. And I love that you're reading that book, Brent. Uh, it makes me want to like pick it up because. I can imagine that he's often, you know, takes some freedoms with the stories. It's almost kind of like, how true is what he's saying? I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. Um, but then he does have those moments where, you know, he just kind of his guard comes down and, and, he, and he shows his cards. But I think that would be fascinating. Isn't that what you're kind of getting from it, Brent? That he, that he, 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 you know, do you believe every the storytelling going on? Is is that you know, or is it kind of fun that you're like, I don't know, you're maybe taking some liberties there with that story there, Hondo. Well, I mean, it's obviously he's taking some liberties or whatever. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you can tell because it's Hondo, and even in you know, even when he's telling stories in Rebels or whatever, you know, it's like, oh yeah, well, I, my boy, he'll get you these Y wings, and <laughs> you know, he, he's behind the destroyed station while you know they're trying to steal the Y wing. Yeah, and, you know, it's Hondo. Oh. Uh. So, um, uh, you know, it's just great, but it also, I mean, it got me thinking, too, because I know he's, like, in the line for uh, one of the Star Wars rides at uh, Galaxy's Edge or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I was just thinking, like, how great it would be for Disney to do this in Disneyland, like, with Hondo or just any characters they could do with any of their IPs across the entire park. But to just have the animatronics out there just in a little corner off to the side, a little seating area or whatever, so, you know, the people that are tired or, like, the super fans, like, they're just sitting there feeling for, like, five minutes, like, little stories here and there. And there's, yeah. like, you know, 20 different ones that, you know, you can catch every, like, on the hour if you know, on, you know, you know when to go get them so you can get the entire story. But, yeah. you know, or you're there for a few days. Over the course of a few days, you stop off every once in a while. And you're able to get, like, you know, this entire story being told by this character and stuff like that. And it's, like, how awesome that would be to sit there and bet you or whatever. And, you know, you got him. You got Oga from the cantina and you whatever. And they're all telling these different <laughs> stories about people that have passed through or whatever. I mean, yeah. You think about Thrawn and, and Anakin slash Vader in, you know, in the, in the first, you know, reprised Thrawn series. Yeah. You know, because they're both on back, too. They're both together. And you got, you know, you got Ugo over there telling stories about this crazy Jedi that came through and this crazy blue-skinned man. Yeah. And then, you know, 20 years later, here comes this armored guy and the same blue-skinned man. For sure, the same blue-skinned guy. Yeah. And you're just telling these random stories about stuff that's going on there. And it's like, you know, and just to be able to tell these, like, you know, if you turn them into novels or, you know, keep them park specific and stuff like that. But. I mean, what a great way to tell new stories and just expand the universe and stuff like that. And like I said, for Disney, they do that for all their IPs. I mean, they yeah. got the Marvel Land over in Cali Adventure now. It's like, so you got Iron Man sitting there telling stuff. You got Captain America. You got, you know, Smart Hulk. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, you can do it for everything. You got, you know. It'd just be great. I I love that, and I I'd love if 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 this series, whatever we're gonna get with Ahsoka and Sabine, since Ahsoka's kind of getting her own show, I I'd like it to be a little more Hondo focus. I would like it if it were Hondo. You know, it opens with him sitting around. He's a little grayer, right? And maybe he's got some younglings around him. I don't know. Uh, telling the old story of how we rescued, you know, Ezra Bridger. And uh, it, maybe he's telling it to Ezra's – maybe Ezra has kids later on, and he's just sharing the story with how we brought old uh, Ezra home. And I think that would be cool, man, because it's like – I don't know. Maybe that's Sabine's story to tell. I don't know. But I, I just – I love Ahsoka. We've had Ahsoka. We've had so much Ahsoka. It's why I'm not. 
I'm not pumped really for a, 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 a live action series with her. I mean, I'll, I'll be excited about it, but something I'm like insanely looking forward to. I feel like I've had so much time with her. So this story about Ezra and, and finding him, I don't really want that to be her story either. I, mean, I think it, I think it's, I think it's Sabine's story or you know, bring in Hondo or Chopper's like, you know what? I'll find it myself. And it's just Chopper's story going out there. And the entire time it's just wah, 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 wah. like, I'd be down for that. Maybe it's a droid's tale. Um, but yeah, I just, oh, Hondo. God, now I forgot about anything I wanted to say. Now I just want to talk about Hondo. But uh, Rob, welcome. Rob's a little late. Rob had some parenting to do. Uh, but Rob, how you doing? I'm doing great. How's everybody doing, especially you, Michael? It's been a while, dude. Man. I know. I mean, can y'all hear me good? Yes, sir. You sound fantastic. We did. We took a right, we here. took a month off. Uh, and we're getting the group back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're talking about the Bad Batch, uh, Rob. Um, I want to get your thoughts on how you're feeling about things. I mean, we've gone in many directions from this point. We talked a little about visions. We uh, we're talking about Hondo. Uh, you know <laughs> what? What really? What Brent's been really enjoying? And I want to get to what Nettie's enjoying. But uh, Rob, what have you enjoyed so far about the Bad Batch? I, we may have talked about it a little bit, um, but so much of it has passed since we all met. So, how you feeling about it? What have you enjoyed most? I love it actually. I mean, if we go back on record. Um, when we did our pre, when we got all the announcements and everything, I wasn't really jacked up that much about it because I was just like, Obi-Wan, you know? And then I started watching this series and I fell in love immediately. I love the characters. I love everything about it. I love the direction. I love that they're putting everybody in it, you know, just everything from Kate Bain to so much content i mean last time we were we were together we were talking about the rancor yeah and i mean i haven't caught the lat the newest episode but regardless if y'all spit a spoiler or whatever i don't care i'm going to watch it regardless because we love star wars but i just love the way that the story has been put together how it focuses on them even though the one episode what three episodes now ago for that they didn't focus so much on the bad batch i see yeah. a little bit of problems with that but not with me yeah i was fine with that i think that other characters deserve to do develop as well also and i also think that i can't there's no better way you could have done this than to do it this way and to have them as outcasts right now working for you know them pennies and getting back all that money and you know settling debts and expanding the universe and i know y'all were talking about ahsoka a little bit too and i i want to agree with that about as well too we do have a lot of ahsoka content and another another thing i want to bring up is i still want content that we don't know i don't want to have another ahsoka show where it's in the Clone Wars, where it's yeah. in that. I need something further down the line. Yeah. I Just for me. But if they do that, if they give us Ahsoka during the original trilogy, I'm fine with that as well, too, because, again, that's what I love. I love stories. I love content around things that we already know the story, too. Just more background, man. Yeah. And, and something, too, that, like, I didn't really think of this until Brent brought it up a little bit ago, but I mean, we've obviously we've been on Camino in the Bad Batch, right? Like we 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 know what they're doing, we know they're kind of concerned about how things are going down. Um, and Brent, you mentioned in the Mandalorian where we see 
you know, this cloning that's going on, something's going on. We see the Kaminoan, like, patches on some of these scientists. Like, there's a connection there, and I didn't even really think so much. Rob, we won't spoil because there's some good stuff in this episode um, with the Kaminoans and everything that's going down. Um, But it's, it's interesting how much I didn't see... I didn't see the Bad Batch really making connections to the Mandalorian and what they were teasing in that show. And I I can't imagine they'll really abandon that either in the Mandalorian. I feel like we have to kind of come back to that at some point, too. Uh, We all kind of got distracted with Grogu and everything. But, like, that was kind of an issue that they discovered. Um, And they read some stuff before they destroyed. I don't know. Anyway. Um, No, I agree with that. I think... Grogu, sorry about that. Oh, yeah. Grogu took that series over. That's all that anybody could think about. So everybody now, what I'm reading is they want more Grogu and they want to see Grogu with Luke. How about they just go away? Yeah. And we don't know that story yet. And yeah. we can settle in on the Mandalorian having the Darksaber and that conflict. Spend yeah. a season on that because there's so much content. There's so much history we need to learn that we don't know yet. We, yep. That's what that's what Grogu took away was it was an amazing beginning. Yeah. But now we need the meat and potatoes about the Mandalorian. Or the Nerf steak in cafe. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think like a a season devoted, even without Grogu, the Mandalorian, I think is great because we have these this Mandalorian culture identity. We have big pieces of it, but there's so much missing. And who is the unifier? Is that is that Den's story? I think that's cool because we know the history of the Saber. We know things have happened. Things have gone down between yep. the Mandalorians, the Mandalorians and and uh, the Republic, the Mandalorians and the Sith. We know the the, the Mandalorians yep. have had infighting of themselves. So, so the, you know, there's somebody that needs to bring these people together. Is that Den? There's a big story there. I couldn't agree more go back to that uh and take that history that we know and just use that as a foundation to to make great interactions um and to tell a great story i'm I'm so on board with that and the bad batch like speaking of like the the cloning and stuff they were talking about i i never really saw it like supporting that or teasing that and i'm glad brent brought it up because it absolutely does especially in this last episode i really saw this as supporting like the underground that's that's kind of rising alongside the empire. I saw it because we do have we have Cad Bane. We have we talk about Jabba. We 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 see. Um, oh God, who's Jabba's henchman? The disgusting. What's his face? I forget his name. Oh, Bib? Noodlehead. Bib Fortuna. Noodlehead. Bib Fortuna. Yeah, it's just like so. I thought we were really supporting that, and I and I think we will continue to do so because that's that's a, that's a very ripe time period and, and Boba Fett and so many connections. But boy, I, I can't wait for Rob to see this last episode because something happened. He's like, oh crap, it's all connected. Um, so yeah, we won't we won't spoil that for you. He needs a bib now, dude. <laughs> he does. <laughs> A bib. I mean, he's dead, but they should bury him with a bib. He definitely out of space. Definitely, absolutely. <laughs> Nettie, what, what's been your favorite part of the Bad Batch so far? Is there anything particular that really s- sticks out for you? Uh, I probably just have to kind of echo just everything they've kind of helped build up a little bit, like you said, some of the underground mm-hmm. crime syndicates, and then the connections to the 
well, the potential connections, at least to the sequel trilogy, they have been great. And Order 66, you know, we've kind of had a lot of stories between, like, Order 66 and A New Hope. Um, usually we kind of take, like, a, you know, a five-year period. Like, I think Solo is about five, ten years of Jedi Fallen Order is about five years. So we usually take some time yeah. to kind of get the Empire on that feet. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see how they kind of got there. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell how much time has passed in the Bad Batch. Like, it seems like they're doing jobs between episodes and all of that. Yeah. So I don't know if it's been a couple years at this point or if it's still, you know, just a couple months. But whatever they're doing is kind of cool to see how they're building that Empire up and just... At times, like you Brent said, it's, sometimes it does kind of make the world feel small because, you know, like we're going to Ryloth and stuff, but it's, it is really cool to see other places like Braca was brought into the TV show. That was something I wasn't expecting that they would bring in, yeah. you know, something from that video game that, and I could be mistaken on this, I'm pretty sure when they started writing Jedi Fallen Order, like Disney was like, we don't want you to use the word Jedi because, like, they just didn't know if, like, a video game story could be, like, well, built in the canon well, and then they bring that world into one of the animated TV shows. I thought that was just really cool, and that's a really good thing for that team at Respawn, that, yeah. you know, that acknowledgement and just kind of that world building that the series has done so far, I think, is probably some of what it's done best. And then just the fi- family dynamic of the Bad Batch has been done really well, I think, that, you know, when Reco kind of went crazy for a little bit there, you, you felt bad, not because you thought something was going to happen, but because, you know, it was that family yeah. tearing at the seams. And that's something that Star Wars is all about is that family. So I think they've done really well with that in this, in this case too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it has the bread and the butter in a different way of that family. Like, like you just said, you know, these guys had kind of been going through a lot together already. So it's not necessarily the most unlikely batch coming together, but then you throw an Omega, um, you have, you know, them losing one of their owns. I really feel like Crosshair is gone. And there's something that, you know, I kind of, it kind of, it kind of bugged me after, um, the episode with, um, Captain, help me out guys. Captain, what's his face when he deserted? Oh God. Is that Hauser? Captain Hauser. Something that bugged me. I understand that crosshair, you know, they, they amplified his, his chip. I understand that he's under a huge influence of this chip. And I understand that Omega seemed to understand that his actions weren't his own. And she said, this isn't you doing this. This is a little bit of a tangent, but it bothers me in that I think this is all crosshair. I I I, don't, I think I think the chip was really just you know just just to set him over the edge, but if you look at something like someone like Captain Hauser and these other clones that are under the same influence that are actually making it seems like a, a choice to to do the right thing, I just feel like we may just be seeing who Crosshair really is. I, is that a, is that is that fair to say, Brent? Am I? Might be a real douche here and saying that you know this chip, you know, yeah, it has some influence, but I feel like maybe this is just crosshair, and you know, it seems like other folks are 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 capable of kind of crossing that line. So you know what? No, you know, like this isn't right. Like, what what do you think about that, man? 
I don't know. Um, I don't, don't want to make anything that sound like a generalization or whatever, and, or sound anything anti-military, uh, whatever. I'm all props with military, but I mean, he is a sniper, so he is kind of naturally more distanced. Yeah. You know, from the action, he's not you know right up there. You know, uh, getting involved in things. So you know, maybe you know he already has that natural distance from you know. You know, he's not he's not right up there with it, so he's already detached yeah. from everything that's going on. So maybe it makes it easier for him to, you know, that switch doesn't have to be set to quite so high for him to, you know, kind of get that good follow, good order, you know, good soldiers follow order kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I don't know if this is a natural thing that happens in the military or whatever. I'm not trying to say anything like that, but you know, just just thinking, you know, you know, from that engagement standpoint or whatever, you know, is you know, just from that aspect. So I, you know, I could think it'd be something like that. Yeah, it just I, I feel like it makes for a more compelling story, right? Because if we if we just say it was just the chip and it's like, okay, let's remove the chip and oh, everything's back to normal, bad batch is good to go, I kinda feel like it's a little more interesting if if you know what? They're like, it's just a chip. He's like, you know what? No. You know what? I am meant for better things. I you guys have been holding me anytime I've wanted to take the shot, you said no. You know what? I had enough. Like, I feel like that kind of losing of the brother is much more, it's much more dramatic. It's much more intentional. It's, it's just much more effective. And I think it will affect the audience more if it's like, no, you know what? This was more my choice than anything else. It wasn't this chip. It, you know, it's it's the way I've been treated. It's the way this and that, whether that's the right, you know, whether it was right or, or wrong. I don't know. But I think the Bad Batch brothers being like, wait a second, what? Like, I thought we were all tight. I thought we were family. I feel like that's much more challenging for our audience to accept that, not just be like, oh, this chip. Yeah, if we get this chip out of his head, he's totally fine. Rob, what do you think about that, man? I mean, I, I don't. it just bothers me a little bit that we're just giving him a pass when others are stepping up to the plate and saying, you know what, this is wrong. Yeah, and you want to go back to record, too. He kind of knew something was wrong, and when he started flipping, he was trying to control it. It was taking, you know, we brought up the headaches on yeah. the other episode of this and everything like that. But when you brought up the amplification, like if someone's just going to be conceited and you amplify that, it yeah. can amplify that as well. But I love the fact that you said uh, when Brent said that snipers are normally alone. They're always alone yeah. because everybody else is in the mix. They're hands-on, close, fighting as a team together. And maybe sometimes, like, he sees them because he's covering them, yeah. and they're getting each other's back. And he's getting their back, but nobody really has his back because yeah. his eye's always in the scope. Yeah. So... That, that can mentally, that can change people. I mean, look what happened with Anakin. We all know how that went. Yeah. You know, you keep working on somebody, mission after mission, mission after mission. Eventually, that becomes their personality. Yeah. And you could be right. You could say, we're giving that chip a pass. Yeah. But there's been other cases that the chip has taken time to actually work. Yeah. So that being his overall attitude, his demeanor as a person fits exactly with him being a sniper in my opinion. A hundred percent. And I love it's 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 some people may say you guys are get it's you're you're taking this way too deep. It's a freaking cartoon. The dude just had a switch flipped. We could switch it back and life goes back to normal. And I understand that and probably there's a ninety five percent chance that that'll happen. But I like that we're maybe yeah. Digging a little deeper and challenging people to understand because I love that you're making this 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 argument for you know what 
snipers often are alone, you know, and they're yeah. often in their own heads and, 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 and often they, they're, you know, they have these judgment calls they have to make. And, and, and if he's, there's other people telling them, no, that's not, that's not right. I don't know. And, and then you have his demeanor and everything about him that is just different from everyone else. I, I feel like there's something there, whether they'll tap into that or not. I don't know. Nettie, are we, are we looking into it too much? Like, is, is, is it just the chip and that's fine and it's, we can, you know, it's, it's enough that he's kind of screwed his brother's overs, but maybe there's redemption in the end. I don't know, but are, is it too much maybe to challenge our audience, even if it is a younger audience, and, 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 and for them to understand that or the fact that he is a sniper and he's kind of out there on his own and maybe that's part of why he's kind of different and distant from his brothers because... So much of the time, he is kind of out there on his own. Are, are we looking into it too much, or is that is that kind of compelling? Well, I feel like looking into it too much is the motto of this show. Amen. So, Amen. No with that, but let's change the name um, to "Flying." Take it seriously. I, I feel like maybe casual isn't our thing anymore. <laughs> As the, I can honestly just thinking back, I can kind of see arguments for both sides because. On the one hand, you do have like instances in this most recent episode of people kind of ignoring the chip there. You had Rex. I mean, he gave into the chip because he tried to kill Ahsoka, but he had enough control to fight against it yeah. to warn Ahsoka and give her that heads up to say, go figure this out and coming back for me. Yeah. And then Hauser, like you mentioned, and those he kind of spoke with all seemed to kind of be able to fight it to an extent at least. So it is kind of that question of, is this chip, was it just so they could would turn on the Jedi like that or was it all controlling? It seems like there's kind of a gray in that area and yeah. that we're going to keep exploring. I think the one reason, or one thing I could think of that makes me think maybe Crosshair is not gone yet is I think in the episode when his chip is like cranked all the way up and they go and take out saws, um, insurrectionists or whatever you want to call them. Um, when they get back to like the, the, Barracks or whatever, Crosshair is kind of like looking around and like looks sad and just yeah. sits on his bunk and just yeah. kind of like you look. He looks like he's contemplating it. Like, am I doing the right thing? And I feel like that's like the most prevalent piece of evidence that maybe he's not gone. Yeah. But I think that was also before he tried to kill them on Braca. So it's maybe that's completely moot at this point too. But I definitely think knowing Star Wars, I can see him coming back. If I personally had to write it, I think I would kind of do the Anakin Ben Solo approach of have him come back but sacrifice himself. Yeah, but I think it's going to be interesting to see what they can do with it. It's it. it I, I I like that you you bring up Anakin and stuff because we make excuses for Anakin, you know, all the time. Things could have been different. You could have been the greatest Jedi to ever live and we all know that's obi-wan kenobi but you could have been greater right i'm a luke skywalker fan but let's be honest folks obi-wan kenobi is the greatest jedi of all time that's good but you just brought that up yeah i want to throw this in too he crosshair could be doing his duty the number one thing i know i say a lot is obi-wan always does his duty well yeah some people just put that aside well yeah and I, i was just thinking like Ultimately, Anakin made a choice, right? It was his choice. Like, sometimes people 
they go dark or they make the wrong choice. Some people choose to be bad, right? It's not always, ah, there's this excuse, ah, there's a chip. Sometimes there's just shitty people in the world, you know? Some There is a dark side. There's a dark side in all of us. And some people choose to let that dominate them. And you know what? It's sometimes I feel like you're taking away with making these excuses. and It's like, no, Crosshair made a choice. He's making a a choice every day now. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if that's the case. I'm just, hey, I'll play a little devil's advocate. I think this guy's gone. Um, I think he's screwed. But I can't wait till Rob watches this episode because where he is now and the cards he has, I feel like we're going to find out really soon if this is crosshair or this is predominantly the chip. I think he is going to show his cards to a certain person that may be captive and say, Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm in charge now. So I I think it's going to, I think the next couple episodes could be really interesting where we currently stand. I'm, I'm I'm fascinated by it. Um, let, let, let's, let's switch, uh, switch things up a little bit. We're soon going to talk to bad batch, but I want to talk a little bit about the future guys, maybe the really, you know, immediate future of star Wars. Um, I think it's Nettie, whoever made this comment in the, in the shared Google doc, uh, talking about Cad Bane. Um, cause Cad Bane was a fun and a nice throwback. I always wondered what the hell happened to Cad Bane. Um, he's a pretty epic villain, uh, and a believable one in the Clone Wars. I mean, this guy went up against Obi-Wan Kenobi with a freaking laser sword and held his own. So uh, he's, a, he's an admirable foe. And, We've seen, we've, we talked about it early on, so many connections being made between these these stories. We bring it in Hera, we're bringing in Cad Bane, Choppers. Like, there's all these connections. And then we have the Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming up, which we assume, I mean, we're all assuming it's in the same time period here, right after episode three, right after, um, um, you know, the, well, no, not really. Wait, hold on a second. Uh, my timelines are, are all kind of jacked up. But, uh, Nettie, I think you made a point of, like, we see Cad Bane, and his, at every, at every appearance he makes, it's it's what happened to Cad Bane, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen here in the Bad Batch. It's like, what's he doing now? And you brought up, like, could could he actually make an appearance or even be a main character within the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? And I think that's super fascinating because I've always liked the idea of, of our uh, inquisitors coming back and, and confronting uh, Obi-Wan. I think that would be fascinating, but boy, I mean, Cad Bane made a name for himself and even his interactions uh, with Obi-Wan. That seems like a, a pretty decent live action pitch to me. What, what, what prompted this? Like, what, what are you hoping to see out of that? If it happens? The funny thing is, I think I wrote that pitch like a week or two before he came back in Bad Batch. And then Shut they up! brought him back, and I was like, yes! Because <laughs> for the longest time, I don't think we knew what happened to him. If yeah. I remember correctly, his last arc in the Clone Wars is the one where Obi-Wan pretends to be dead yeah. and goes undercover. Yep. And then that ends, they're trying to connect the Chancellor or whatever, and that ends with Obi-Wan and arresting Cad Bane and all those other bounty hunters. And I think there was some plans for Cad Bane and some scrapped episodes of the Clone Wars, 
including something with like Boba Fett that might have killed Campaign. I don't remember that for sure. But that obviously didn't happen. So he was kind of left up in the air. So I'm like, well, could he have gotten out with the fall of the Republic and then gone after Kenobi? And then now he's obviously brought back into the into the Bad Batch and he's yeah. still just doing that bounty hunter walk. But I mean, we know Tatooine that like that's a pretty lawless place filled with bounty hunters. Could Cad end up there on Tatooine and find out Kenobi's there and probably he's probably going to be pretty pissed at Kenobi because yeah. a he was the one that got him arrested and I think most arcs that involve Cad Bane involve Kenobi is kind of those two budding heads for most yep. of them so I just kind of figured you know that'd be kind of a cool way to do kind of like that mall mechan- or dynamic of somebody pursuing Kenobi without doing Darth Maul because yeah I personally don't think you could do Darth Maul in the Kenobi show nope. and have it be meaningful given where we are in Rebels. 100%. So I think that Cad Bane could be a good kind of middle ground for that and would be interesting. And he's also not connected to the Empire because I like the idea of the Inquisitors, but my question then is if an Inquisitor shows up, Obi-Wan's probably going to have to kill him. Yeah. And we know that most of them, I think most of them are dead by the point now that we know I think most of them are introduced and kind of killed off in the same series they're in, but I could be wrong on that because I feel like if an Inquisitor like fights Obi-Wan, survives, escapes, they're going to go to Vader and be like, yeah, there was this old Jedi on Tatooine. I don't know what that's about, and Vader's going to go and look, and yeah. if Vader finds Obi-Wan, it's gonna, shit's going to go down. So um, well, well, I feel like there's a lot of balls you have to juggle there, so phrasing by the way on that yeah. one um that's a definitely you know that's a complicated task i couldn't agree more and I, I you're absolutely right about like let's the mall thing like we've seen that so much of that was told in rebels and i think it was told perfectly just what is mall so pissed about oh yeah he was chopped in half by this jedi He's seeking revenge. He's using this, you know, apprentice of his to 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 seek his, re- and then not redemption. But I, I feel like we've we've exhausted that, and I think it's fantastic. And you're right; it's not as epic as a you know a villain and a hero, you know, fighting each other. Like you mentioned, a lot of the arcs um, were Obi Wan and, and Cad Bane batting you know butting heads i think it i think that would work so much and didn't the emperor actually hire cad bane for a job in the clone wars i feel like it's not far-fetched to say maybe sheev is aware obi-wan's out there and he knows you know what i've got plans for vader that may be a distraction for darth vader let me kind of. I mean, that's a, the Palpatine and the EU Palpatine canon is always. He's always got his hands in other things. He's got people out there doing jobs for him that no one else knows about. Maybe he is hitting up Cad Bane saying, "I got a little something that I need you to to look into." You know, maybe maybe it's not an ultimate confrontation, but like Vader can't really know about this right now because Vader's not in a great headspace. I just sent him off to go find his crystals and to, you know, fight his inner demons and deal with the Padme thing. I need someone else with eyes on Kenobi. Like maybe Kenobi was actually not as, you know, hidden as he thought. Brent, what do you think about bringing Cad Bane into the Obi-Wan? I mean, seeing he's a Duros, right? I mean, they can do it. 
I know they can. I saw a cosplayer at freaking celebration. It looked like the damn cartoon jumped out at me, and I was literally in the Clone Wars. The dude did it so well. So they can do Cad Bane live action. I mean, what do you think about that, man? Is that a pitch or what? Yeah, I mean, why not? Let's let's bring it on. I mean, I I think I think seeing him live action would be great. Um, I mean, Obi Wan's like ten years after the Clone Wars, so I mean, that would be a lot of time, you know, spent hunting. Yeah. So, um, you know, at that point in time, Vader's you know in a slightly better headspace. You know, he's kind of you know running all the stuff, which is I think that's why the Inquisitors are kind of out there because that should be about the start of the Inquisitor program, I think. Is around that time because then Rebels is another five years after that. Um, so, but I, you know, I think having Cad Bane in there would be pretty cool. I don't think having him in Andor, I, you know, he he kind of show up in Andor, I think as well, depending on that'd be sick. You know, that time frame because I mean, you could see the Empire, you know, hunting, you know, hiring some bounty hunters on the fly to you know help weed out some of the uh, the Rebel infiltrators, or you know, because you know they might be more willing to talk to the bounty hunters than they are to talk to an Imperial guy. So, you know, you kind of get some of that double cross in there and, you know, a lot of that, un, you know, why they're not trusted from the rebellion side. Yeah. And, you know, just, you know, why they're not using that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I, I think it'd be kind of cool to see it going on there. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to the whole Kenobi thing, I know one of the, you guys were talking about it uh, a couple of episodes ago. I don't remember if it was a council meeting or whatever, but, you know, it's kind of the one big gripe that I, you know, I do see people having with the Kenobi series is the fact that, you know, him and Vader are going to have some sort of interaction. Yeah, because of what was said during episode four. But you know, I was just watching it the other day, and if you think about what Vader actually says, he says, "I sense the tremor in the Force. The last time I felt it, I was in the presence of my old master." Yeah. Now he doesn't say the last time I was in the presence of my old master, I felt this tremor in the Force. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, you know, who else on Mustafar was Force sensitive at the time that they were there? You had Obi Wan, and you had Anakin. And there was also Luke and Leia that was sitting there in Padme's belly about five feet from him on the ground. Yeah. Now, if you think about it, he's on the Death Star now. Again, who, for the first time in 19 years, is within a relatively close proximity to each other? Luke and Leia. Yeah. Which twins more than likely set off some sort of weird resonance in the Force when they're in proximity to each other, I would think. Yeah. So, you know, that sensation that Vader is sensing, while he misstrues it as being Obi-Wan, more than likely, you know, Luke and Leia. So he could have had these other interactions with Obi-Wan between Mustafar and with Estar, and it doesn't totally contradict what was said in episode four. Yeah. So, you know, from a certain point of view, everything's cool. Always from a certain point of view, because, Brent, they are dancing on delicate ground with this one. I just, like... The way they're teasing it is it's a full-blown, like, combat between the two that they will confront each other again. Like, that is a little scary to me. Um, But I I don't know. Rob, what do you think? I mean, are you down for them to throw down? I I mean, it could change history from a certain point of view. I don't know. For me, the only thing that would keep Anakin slash Vader from Tatooine is sand. So, 
That's, that's fair. The only, that's the only donut hole I can see in that in Brent's presentation is he really did care about sand that much. Man, he hates and it. That Mistaza, yeah. he stayed away. But he raises a great, great, great point. And I bring it back to so many different tattooing. And and you know, going back to what I said there in the chat too with Cade Bain. Uh, did he get away when Order 66 happened? So, yeah, we know that he's away, but if he was locked up, then how did he get out? And if he got out, then that's what, you know, I just wanted to go back to that for a second because it made me think that when the Jedi Temple fell, then all the prisoners probably were given, you know, either, hey, you can follow this or maybe they just killed some of the bounty hunters because did they put them in an empire cell or did they put them in the Jedi cell? But going back to, you know, the whole Kenobi that if there is one more interaction, even just one, yeah, just to have that interaction together, it would, I want to see it. I really want to see it. And that's from my heart and that's from my mind because maybe there isn't a, a duel. Maybe they just set, maybe Vader goes to Tantooine and just goes, Hey, I'm here. And he kind of just feels him uh-huh. because we know that when he felt Luke, cause he felt Luke going away from that fight in, you know, episode five. And that could be a, that was pretty much a planet away. So if he could feel Luke that far through space, which could just be dead air, I'm sure if he ever landed on Tatooine, that he did feel Kenobi. Yeah. But why didn't he pursue him? Yeah, maybe it's something just simple like that. And then when I when I felt this last, I was in the presence of my old master. What, what, whatever the quote is, maybe it is just something simple like that. Um, that he's not so understanding of what that feeling was back then, but we come a new hope. He has a better understanding of what that was, and, and it has to be Kenobi. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it's not as black and white. Maybe it's not Vader coming down off his Imperial sh- shuttle, and there's Ewan McGregor, his robes are flowing, and they yeah. you know, duel out with labor- laser swords. As epic as it would be, mm-hmm. I just don't see it going that way. But like, I don't yeah. know how they can delicately delicately dance around it to where it's not just like, well, why didn't Vader just finish the job? He's, he's been on Tatooine all this time. Like, what what happened? I, 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 I just... It's love, and maybe he was scared. Maybe, because we saw what happened to Darth Maul. We saw what yeah. happened to him. So if he, you know, back when he was a Padawan, you had a fight. You had an epic fight with Darth Maul. But then you kill him in one stroke. Yeah. So if there's a standoff, then Vader knows that he cannot take Obi-Wan at that point of his Jediism, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> Hashtag that. And uh, maybe they walked away. So if there is a meeting and they kind of looked at each other across a bar or something like that, spoke to each other, whatever. Maybe Vader backed away because going in the comics, Vader is mentally distraught for a lot of it. So if he ran into Obi-Wan during that time, maybe he just didn't make that move because he loved him. Mm -hmm. And also because he knew he couldn't beat him because Obi-Wan was actually 
more powerful than him at that point. And it just took Obi-Wan getting older to get strike down. Well, and, and what we <clears throat> in the comics and stuff, we see Vader having a lot of flashbacks. And the flashbacks aren't always like what actually happened. Like like the force seems to be often like kind of playing with those memories and, and foreshadowing, but just kind of sometimes taunting him, sometimes just like you know, really messing with him. So what if those feelings what if what if he is seeing what if he's going about his 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 whatever his job is and he's seeing Obi-Wan in places? Like the force is bringing them together, but like something it's it's just it's more of a psychological thing and it's not necessarily like he's literally standing before me and I'm gonna slice exactly. him with my laser sword. It's it's the force connecting them. The I mean we could so expand our understanding of the four exactly like with the sequel trilogy these, these feelings that connection and the presence of my old master maybe there's a different understanding of the force in in obi-wan kenobi mm-hmm. and we can play with that a little bit here um well it's, it'll be interesting to see how fans accept that i don't know and if I'll that's a thing throw this in because i know brent's probably over there going crazy what <laughs> if the force played with him the way the force played with luke when they presented Vader to him in Empire Strikes Back and he knocked his head off. What if that happened? So you can feel that force. Maybe he cut himself off from that and maybe that is. I mean, there's so much to be written about it, but I just wanted to throw that out there because that could be a possibility. It would it'd be interesting to see both of like we know Obi-Wan's gonna be struggling. Like it's very clear in the comics that's that's happening with him and he's commuting with Qui-Gon and it would be cool to see Vader doing the same thing too, right? And feeling those dark feelings and, and revenge and, and all that. Um, maybe, you know, in the presence of my old master isn't so literal and then maybe they're not talking about Mustafar, but maybe it, maybe they are talking about an engagement and it's just as plain as day and whoop, they, they had another confrontation that happened with Luke and Vader in the comics that, Luke was mm-hmm. not ready, but he went in there. He's like, I got my gold jacket and my laser sword. I'm taking this bro down, and he ended up getting his ass whooped. So he wasn't ready. So they, they, they kind of threw that and shoehorned it in there, and it worked, but it changed history. Yeah. And so this kind of throws it off. What if Vader talked to Qui-Gon, and Qui-Gon just never talked to Obi-Wan about it? What if, even though Obi-Wan was his master... Qui-Gon was technically supposed to be the master. Dude, what if we all are thinking that Qui-Gon is going to show up and and try to talk? We're ready for him to talk to Obi-Wan, but my God, a Force coach shows up or, you know, the, the thoughts are just speaking to Vader, trying to convince him. Brent, I mean... That would be a twist that even in the afterlife, Qui-Gon says, I can't let him go. I mean, that would be crazy. That would be great. I was just going to, you know, and that's what I was kind of thinking is, you know, I think we're all on the same page here is, you know, that, that Qui-Gon is kind of what bridges them together for this alter, yeah. you know, this, this other altercation between them. You know, it's not a physical thing, but I mean, we've seen what Luke can do stretching, you know, across, you know, whatever with his strength and whatever like that. But, you know, you get Qui-Gon, we know he's, conversing with obi-wan and teaching him the ways of you know becoming one with the force after he dies yeah um and what if he was reaching out to 
to Anakin, trying to you know yeah. get him to come back. Like, what are you doing, dude? What, come on, smack you up here beside the head. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, but in while trying to you know get in contact with him, he's actually you know able to bridge Obi Wan and and Anakin. Yeah. And, you know, through the world between worlds, it's not, you know, they're not physically there. Maybe they do, you know, I don't think they would find a portal, but, you know, just in that way, you know, through force projection, some sort of manifestation of that medium that they're able to then interact in a way that's, you know, just awesome and epic. Yeah. Um, and to the point where, you know, they did have a second interaction. It wasn't physical. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was draining you know, from their force abilities to the point where, you know, to the point of exhaustion where, you know, we saw Luke at the end where he basically had to give himself up or, you know, they could both be there, you know, laying there dead on the floor, you know, him in his hut and Vader in his meditation chamber on his Star Destroyer. Yeah. And they're, you know, just both fully spent. And, you know, you know, you see Vader at the end just clawing his way to the back of the tank and Obi-Wan, you know, Yoda reaches, Yoda reaches out from Dagobah and like gives him the, you know, the, the cross galaxy force seal to kind of, Get back here, boy. And then, you know, that's the end of episode six, and yeah. you know, that's the end of the, the Kenobi series. I mean, dude. I don't know. They, they haven't filmed it yet. Uh, you know, Disney, I want a little bit of a cut if you're listening. Seriously. <laughs> this, what, what, what seems like it but could – it would be epic. It, it, to me, like, this, this, this series always seemed like the most potential for just a, a straightforward drama. With not a ton of action, I, I was there for it. I'm down for the emotional, you know, tugging on the heartstrings moments. Like I still want to see that, but man, if we're going in a direction that we're talking, I mean, this could be one of the most fantastical Star Wars we've ever dealt with, where we're questioning, like, <laughs> is Obi Wan actually standing there before me? Kind of like the sequel trilogy, and then that connection with the dyad, but something. You know, that isn't the diet, but something different. Freaking Yoda reaching out from across the galaxy to just say, like, like Obi-Wan, what are you doing? Or, like, Qui-Gon, you got to stop interfering in this. Like, what do you do? Like, Darth Vader is gone. Just, like, just like confrontation even between them. Just, like, this isn't the right thing, man. Like, Anakin's gone. Like, we failed him. Like, everyone knows it. Um, but, man, Qui-Gon could play a bigger role and what if he's trying to convince little Annie not to turn? Maybe he still senses the light in him. And maybe Vader crushes Qui-Gon. I mean, do we really even... We know Qui-Gon, actually, I guess, actually, you know, talks to, 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 to Obi-Wan there before he passes. Kevin Scott has a great story about Obi-Wan's last moments. Um, so he's still around, but maybe, like, he, you know, we see Vader say enough, like, and he just, like destroys him from his mind, just removes him from his mind, and, 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 and it's a big challenge for him. I don't know. That'd be cool. I, I just Now I'm like, what is this series going to be? Like, is it going to be that fantastical? Or are we literally just going to be on Tatooine the entire time, sitting by a campfire with Obi-Wan, telling old crazy stories, and I'm down. But here's the other thing. It'd be cool if he's sitting there beside that fire, and then all of a sudden, dust starts flying up, and here comes those damn shoe jetpacks, and here comes Cad Bane just landing like Iron Man on the sand, making an appearance and saying, I found you, old buddy, and they have a confrontation. I'm here for that, too. Um, but man, it could get really fantastic there on Tatooine. Just like as crazy as it got with Rebels, you know, some of that Rebel stuff didn't make sense with the portal and the world between worlds and the the temples. But like, I feel like 
that's how you bridge a prequel era with Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor with the original trilogy. We're on Tatooine. It's all familiar, but then you bring in a world between worlds or portals or something like it's what excites me most about what Marvel's doing right now. Like we have these cool, strong characters and they just punch each other into oblivion and no one really wins. But now it's like, okay, things are getting a little mystical. Like, the the you know the the magicians and the wizards have the power and it kind of messes with your mind about what's possible in the galaxy it's like we could change history obi-wan kenobi's series could change star wars history forever as we know it and what a cool starting off point for future things like that with ezra bridger with the future i'm i'm here for it bring in more so the wizardry wizardry of it all Rather than just you know, you know the cloaks and and the solemn attitude and 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 the humble roots and and the the proper laser swords and maybe we make it a little more fantastical with the wizardry. I don't know, Nettie. I mean, are we expecting too much of this series? Could I? Oh yeah, yeah, I Rob. Yeah, just a second. Yeah. What's holding them back from going back and getting Anakin like before Vader? Like, why isn't there time travel? We know the world between worlds exists. Why didn't the Why didn't the Emperor go back and get a fully together Anakin <laughs> and pull him? And what if Vader did it? What if Vader looked at himself before yeah. that? What did he tell his former self? Like that when you were talking mystical arts, that can happen. It happened with Osa. Ahsoka, yeah. why can't they go back to any timeline and pull that out? Could you imagine Vader and Anakin having a conversation? That I just I just wanted to like you blew my mind with that, bro. Dude, that would mess with our minds so much. The TVA cool. is pruning those variants, dude. <laughs> the is so many Anakin variants out there. Alligator Anakin. I mean, I'm here for it. He's can you imagine a poor alligator lives on Tatooine? He's just living his oh, shittiest life. <laughs> it would be dry all the time. Hysterical. <laughs> dry lizard skin. Rob, I like what you're saying because it intrigues me. Like, what if this I know we're sounding a little kooky, guys. We understand that. This is fine casual. That's what happens. We get a little sweaty into it. Sometimes we get a little kooky. But like, let's say Obi-Wan finds this access to the portal. He's like, you know what? I failed him. But there may be another way. And Qui-Gon's like, yo, dude, you that you I'm I'm on my own path right now trying to figure this shit out, but that's something else. That's something else that's dark and you might not want to mess with it. And he's like, that's the only way I can save my brother. And he gains access to the world between worlds. And there is that young gatekeeper, Ezra Bridger, from the freaking future. And he's like, nah, man, you can't do it. I made that mistake once. Yeah, it brought Ahsoka back, but at what cost? And you have to just live with the fact that you failed. You failed. Like, that would be insane. A live-action Ezra Bridger shows up in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series from the future to tell him, you just have to live with the choices you've made, and that would be insane. I don't know. Rob, I'm nuts. What What do you think? I, I love it. I love it, man. And Nettie, I know, is about to go into this because like, he's got his head going, man. But I will say that I can see him. 
don't speak to the hand. Like he's gonna say no. <laughs> That'd be sick. That'd be sick. Uh, Nettie, I mean, w- would you watch it? I would definitely watch it. I don't know if it's what I would ideally pick, but I would definitely watch That's it. That's fair. Um, That's totally fair. I will say, if you want a little Vader and War Between Worlds kind of, kind of a taste of it, I would read the Dark Lord of the Sith comic line. If I'm not mistaken, there's something kind of like that in there. I forget exactly how that ends up because it's been a while since I read it, but I would recommend that. Um, okay. In terms of the World Between Worlds and, you know... Kenobi and stuff. I don't. I don't know how like well known it is. It kind of yeah. seemed like. I mean, obviously, Sheev knew something about it and was looking for it. Yeah. But from the sounds of it, it didn't seem like the Jedi really knew much about it or kind of tried to hide it. So that's probably that's kind of why I've always viewed it as like why nobody used it is because it kind of seemed like this vague mystical thing that may or may not exist, which is kind of weird to talk about when you have the Force, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I viewed it, and it's, it's bringing time travel into Star Wars. I think is something that could be very problematic. It's something. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird for me to say that, given you know I do love the Marvel stuff, which has time travel and multiverses. Yeah, my favorite video game series of all time literally has a freaking timeline that splits into three <laughs> different branches because of a time paradox. Um, so it's kind of might be hypocritical to say that, but I think Zelda, the Legend of Zelda series. Yeah, say, but um, I feel I feel like time travel can be done very well in fiction, and sometimes it can be kind of a lazy trope that isn't yeah. done that well. And I mean, Star Wars has done so much well that there's no reason I would think of it. I just think they have to be careful with it. Yeah, if if and when they keep bringing it back in. Um, that being said, I mean, like I said, they've seemed to be doing doing pretty well now with the story group. They had a little bit of a bump there on the sequel trilogy, like a lot of people I think would admit, but they seem to be doing pretty well now. So if they if they want to try and go into it, I'll, I'm here for it for at least to see where it goes. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if the Lego holiday special is canon, then I mean, I mean, Ray has access to all of Star Wars time. And I mean, does any of it matter? I don't know. Maybe we'll see her show up in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. (laughs) Can you imagine if she shows up and you have all these like old school Star Wars fans pissed off? Oh, my God. That would just be kind of funny. Like she just makes a a quick cameo. Oh, that would be that'd be so good. Obi Wan's using his lightsaber to do a rain dance, and that's what you hear in her vision. It's it's rain, rain, not rain. He's trying to get it to rain out there on Tatooine. I mean, could you be onto something there? Like, could I mean? I don't know. That's crazy. If they if they somehow connect it, and it's like you know what you all thought we were joking about Ray and the Lego series having access to all of Star Wars time. We weren't kidding. We weren't kidding. And that is Obi-Wan in her flashback, and he's making reference to some interaction they had in the past. I don't know. It'd be crazy. But I'll watch it. I think that would be great, though, if, uh, if we did have Ezra, old, you know, older Ezra, telling a younger Obi-Wan you know, in a vision, you know, not, don't do that. You can't go back and change the past or whatever. Because then when Ezra goes to Tatooine at the end of Rebels, you know, Obi-Wan has already had this interaction with Ezra, but Ezra hasn't. So he knows that 
you know, it, it kind of changes that interaction between them because Obi Wan, you know, that because he's trying to tell him you you have to go away, you can't be here, and he's like, and, now, and then it kind of changes it because now Come he's on. telling him to go away because he knows he has to be somewhere different, not because he's you know potentially drawing somebody there to see Luke. Let's go. You're this little kid. You have to be somewhere else. You can't be on this planet with me. Because you don't understand. What I know that happened to be five years ago, dude. You don't understand, like, Ezra. We've yeah, had these interactions. Like, yeah. We, you, we, you showed me that you know this is my destiny, and you need to go because you need to fulfill that destiny. If you don't leave now, the future could forever be changed. I mean, he didn't say, he's not going to show his cards like that, but like, no. But it does feel like Obi-Wan was a little familiar with old Ezra Bridger. Brett, I am so freaking glad that you brought that up because that, I'm going to put Rebels in right now after we get off here. And I'm going to watch that interaction because there's something there. You know, I get that the whole point of it was to bring Maul and connect him back with Obi-Wan. But my God, if there was something more there, like you showed me a long time ago that this was my destiny and you need to go. There's there's bigger and greater things for you. Jesus. Is there time? Do you get old in... You know, the world between worlds, because in the multiverse, like Ant-Man said, it was like, but all those years passed by. Yeah. So I don't think we get a a Galandorf or whatever that Harry Potter guy is. (laughs) We don't get that. We don't get Ezra like that. Yeah. But we, the same Ezra. Can you imagine? I would be so down for that. Like, I know heads would roll and people would be pissed but like man i like those deep connections like just like you know what that interaction mattered there on tatooine and it wasn't just some simple connection between maul and obi-wan and bringing ezra bridger in but man it had a lot more meaning and obi-wan had his eyes open in that moment and he knew what he needed to do um you're in the wrong place ezra bridger that's the first thing he says, Jesus, I got to take a second, hold on a second, a moment of silence for this, this thought that Brent just brought up. I mean, could be the greatest pitch ever, Brent. Could be the greatest pitch that this collective council has ever made to Lucasfilm. If you don't take this and run with it, you're cowards. I'm going to say it. You're cowards. Because this is amazing. And this could literally happen, and it could make a lot of sense, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And they're going to tell a story in about 25 years when we're older. Seriously. And you know what, guys? I had a whole other conversation about, like, where we were going in Star Wars. But you know where we're going in Star Wars? Time travel. The war between worlds. That's the future of Star Wars. Maybe not. Probably not, because like Nettie said, that could be very problematic with people who have that much power, but we're about to find out what the hell happens in Marvel, you know? Mm -hmm. And freaking Scarlet Witch, it's just like changed everything. No spoilers, but I don't know. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Is Ezra Bridger 
what what did what was like what did they call the guy in Loki the 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 the, the final King. what what did they King. call him though the 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 one who the one who remains the one who remains yeah. is Ezra Bridger the one who remains oh my is, god is is Ezra Bridger Abeloth? I don't know about that <laughs> Rob have found a way to bring Abeloth into the discussion. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Nettie is guzzling his entire beverage on camera, as we all agreed. I don't think I have much. Let's finish. I'm up. saying people in that time. Oh my gosh! About Ray. Ray is the new age Luke. So if Ezra becomes lonely and just becomes just done with it all, yeah, maybe he. Be- I, I just feel that the story swapped that Abeloff's a girl. Maybe Abeloff is, becomes a guy, and it's not Abeloff. It's Ezra. That'd be and crazy. That, that is who Ray has to fight. I mean, that's just, right. he, He's like, I've oh. been around long enough to just become the villain of the story. There was no other there was no other choice I had. I, I It would be so amazing if, if, if Obi-Wan shows up and Ezra's just like, he's like, who are you? He's like, he who, he who remains. I'm the gatekeeper. I am the key to everything. Jesus. Guys, I had a whole other conversation plans, but I don't think we can actually go out on a higher note in this episode because could potentially be the best council episode ever slash the best pitch ever made to Lucasfilm. If you don't pay us millions of dollars, you know, and give obviously Brent like the biggest you know, cut of that, but we're going to share a little bit here on the entire council. And you know what? For all the council members that didn't show up today, sorry. You're out of luck when we make our millions. No, that's terrible. We would actually probably split it evenly. But the best pitch ever made, the best pitch I think has has ever been made to Star Wars by any Star Wars fan. So just go ahead and put us on the payroll and, uh, yeah. I'm not sure if it's better than Snoke being 3PO, though. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> 3PO is the gatekeeper. You thought it was Ezra Bridger, did you? No. Okay. No. I am he who remains. <laughs> I can't. Now I'm having too much fun with it. But, like, as silly as it sounds, guys, as silly as it sounds, I think that's a fantastic pitch. And it's just, like, it's out there. But, like... Let's make it interesting. And, and that entire discussion just started off of like, what's, you know, how's that interaction going to go? What what is what does Darth Vader say about Obi-Wan in his final moment? Like, or the last time they, like, that's insane. That's insane that we went there. But that's what happens, guys. That's what happens on Flying Casual. That's what happens when you have these group of guys together. It's insanity. And I freaking love it, and I'm here for it. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, anyone else have any final thoughts? Or, I mean, any anything else you want to bring to the council? I just got to understand how, because they delayed every Star Wars game. Yeah. How does Fallen Order Part 2 fit in all this as well, too? I mean, I don't want to, I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. We're going to get a lot of info from there. But at the same time, there's still other things to be told. There's still so much that we don't know. I just hope that Disney doesn't get totally enthralled with the Marvel universe and yeah. understands that that is the Marvel universe. Let's keep the world between worlds simple. We did make it complicated, but because the world between worlds exists, we didn't complicate it. You brought up Sheev knew about it. He did. Why didn't he exploit that? 
Why didn't he bring back his young self to whoop some butt? You know, I saved myself that one. Like, why didn't he do that? Why? We see this clone Sheev. Okay, cool. He's cloned. Why didn't Sheev do that? Why didn't he bring him back? Why are we doing that? Because it just doesn't fit in a lot of ways. And you got it, that man. That's what I got. It's it's a good thing you didn't get that power. But it would be interesting to see, like, how did he learn about it? Like, uh, I feel like. Ezra kind of stumbled upon it. He had a connection to it, obviously. But, like, how did Palpatine find out about it? That'd be an interesting story to learn. And I, and I understand we may not go that crazy with Star Wars, but I, I do. I have been enjoying the kind of stranger side of things. And I'm glad you brought up Fallen Order, uh, Rob, because it was a little disappointing to hear that that's not something that we're going to hear about for a while i saw Nettie going after ea games on twitter just saying what the hell are you doing no he didn't go after him but like saying like oh well i guess we're not getting any of this for a while it's a little disappointing because i enjoyed that story so much i i, I enjoy the mysticism of it all it's why the simple young adult uh book the force collector was one of my favorites because it's so different like he's a force sensitive kid who makes a totally different choice than you would have expected him to make he doesn't want to become a jedi other important things to be done uh, to preserve that history and 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 all that. But I, I I'm enjoying that side of of Star Wars a lot lately, and I hope that's the direction we continue to go with Cal Kestis and and these sick temples that hold a lot of knowledge and 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 can take him to places and he can learn a lot from. I, I'm enjoying that side of Star Wars right now, and I hope they kind of pick that up and run with it because. Uh, um, it's some of the best stuff that they've done lately. I've really enjoyed it. So it'd be fun to kind of, you know, drizzle that into the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. They likely won't, and I understand that. But, damn it, that's the best pitch that's ever been made to them. It's just insane. So anything else? Brent, you got anything uh, else? I was just going to say, for uh, Fallen Order 2, how, how about this one for you guys? Uh, you're all a bunch of gamers, and you've actually finished the game, or I haven't yet. But, uh Instead of it a sequel, what if it's more of like a, just a secondary story? So like maybe you start off with uh, Caleb Dune, you know, at the end, right at the onset of Order sixty six, and you kind of follow his storyline for a little bit, and him, and you know, and just you know, and you get these different, like, you get like three or four different characters that you play at across the span of that twenty year gap between episodes three and four, where you know you start off with Caleb or whatever when he's a little youngster, you know, maybe you get Ahsoka for a little bit while she's like figuring out her way into things. And then you get, you know, these few other people that have survived. Yeah. This random Jedi making their way into the world where, you know, you, you can tie it into, you know, things similar to what happens in Fallen Order, but you, you know, you branch it out and you can tell all these different stories and you're not like pigeonholed into, okay, well, where do I go from here? Yeah. And continue it out. You know, you can, you're, I still have 20 years to play with in a time frame. What, what can you do with it? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Like, then you don't have to dedicate an entire television series to like explain what happened or like make all these other connections with other series. Like, just make several stories go on. Yeah, show us some of the highlights of what they went through. I think that would be fantastic. You know, maybe play as you know, Kanan Jarrus just hanging out in a bar hammered, and it's just like it's time to choose your destiny, son. I don't know. Like, it'd just be it'd be be freaking great i i would absolutely be down with that um god i gotta see what cal Kestis is doing now though like i gotta know i just i thought that was some of the best storytelling in star wars and the writing was fantastic and and, and just that little group that he has now with him it's funny um it's believable it's heartfelt 
Um, and he's just got a good head on his shoulders now. Yeah, so maybe he runs into little little Caleb Dune, um, Doom, and uh, maybe they hang out. Maybe he tries to convince him to join. He's like, I don't think so, dude. I about freaking died doing this. Like, I'm out. Um, so I don't know. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I'd be totally down. Um, anything else? I think Nettie hit it up. Nettie, anything? Any final words? No, I think I'm pretty good right now. We will just anxiously await EA for you to announce that Fallen Order Two or something. Um, they are hard at work at projects, and we understand that. But man, it would be nice to know. Maybe a celebration. Maybe it, I guess one thing is there was a new studio made. I don't know if they're working on a Star Wars project, but they named themselves after Star Wars. They took the name That's No Moon Studios. So I it's got some pretty saw good, that. It's got some pretty good talent from good studios there. So whether the name is a hint at what they're working on or if they're just fans, I'll get them a shout-out. That's definitely something to look forward to if you like the game. Yeah, and, and the things that they listed were not Star Wars projects, which seemed a little odd, but hey. Yeah, maybe maybe that's all. Uh, maybe that's the that's the big one that they're working on, and uh, it's a nice little tease with the name. I think it's fantastic. Um, well, guys, well that'll do it for us. Then I hope you guys enjoyed the looniness sometimes that we spin out here. But it's it's always a good time to get with these guys and and uh, just chat about what we're feeling in the moment. Rob's got to catch up on the Bad Batch and have his mind blown in that episode. And uh, we're gonna enjoy the rest of it. A couple episodes to go, and and some cool some cool things happening here with the uh, with the um, oh just the 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 growing of this empire and the decisions that they're making. It's all fascinating. Where is that gonna land our little Clone Force ninety nine and it all? I have no idea. Probably dead if I had to say. But we will anxiously wait and see. Uh, thanks, Brent, Nettie, and Rob for joining. And uh, we'll be back with another episode of Casual, Casual Council next, next month. Uh, maybe we'll have more of our our, uh, our uh, Patreon Jedi Knights and Masters here with us. But uh, thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate you. We appreciate you being patient with us um, through all these times. Uh, so take care of each other out there, and may the Force be with you.